Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. Today, uh, we're going to be having a discussion with Lance Jensen of Multi Freight in San Francisco. He's going to talk to us about his experience in this world where he started working with a corporation, doing a regular job in accounting, and became an entrepreneur. So he's going to talk about what that's done to him and how that's changed his life. And I think everyone will find this fantastic uh, uh, talk here today. So Lance, how are you today? Not too bad. How are you, Kevin? Pretty good. And thank you again for being here today and sharing your stories with us. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So, Lance, why don't you uh, jump in and tell our Wealth Tactic Rebels a little bit about your background and, and how you got here? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit about myself. I'm a San Francisco native. I was born in San Francisco, grew up in San Francisco, went to school in San Francisco. But even though I've been a kind of a hermit in the city for <laughs> most of my life, I still enjoy exploring other places and traveling around. But now my journey has led me into owning a business and running a business in San Francisco as well. And I, I definitely say there's no regrets in staying here. I love this city and all the experiences it's provided me. But yeah, my, my journey is a little unusual in that, you know, I had kind of a set plan from the get-go after leaving school, wanting to go, you know, be a professional working in a business environment. Mm. I worked in public accounting for a number of years. Worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers and yeah. then at Wells Fargo in their financial reporting department for a while. And then, you know, found like most people that maybe go down career paths that, you know, sounded better than maybe they panned out to be. Right. That there was something else that, you know, was calling. And for quite some time, I didn't know what that was. There was a period of time I took a year off work and just traveled, reconnected with friends and family. And that was a great year. Yeah. But I obviously knew I needed to get back to something. And uh, this opportunity came up to uh, take over a trucking company. And it was a connection through one of my uh, now business partners and uh, old childhood friends came across a couple that was running this company. And, you know, they kind of had seen it through its course for at least what they wanted to invest in time and finances. And that's where and that's where we stepped in. We thought it was an interesting opportunity. Yeah, it is definitely interesting. I've trucking from accounting. <laughs> you would never think that anyone would make that kind of that kind of lateral movement. You know, people who are an accountant tend to like to work with numbers and spreadsheets. Trucking must be a whole another world for you that opened up. Absolutely. I mean, even for myself, it, it totally is an unexpected change, and I still do enjoy a good spreadsheet here and there <laughs> as much as I can integrate it into this uh, new world. Right. But yeah, I mean, we we. With my business partner, we had done other business ventures that were more traditional, always usually based around real estate, whether it be, you know, getting rental property or flipping uh, a home. Yeah. But we knew we wanted to, to, to do something for our next venture that was a business of some sort. You know, we discussed, well, would we want to do a restaurant? Would we want to open a bar? You know, a lot of, a lot of, lot of, you know, fascinations with those types of industries. But we knew we wanted to do something that needed improvement or needed a fresh take. And we were super open to what that would include. So we had a very wide net for opportunities that we'd be willing to entertain. Yeah, that's good. An open mind that helps. For sure. And so when this opportunity came up, we knew that based on the conversations with the previous owner, that she had a, a great team set up. She had a great set of customers. But, you know, it, she was ready to kind of retire uh, and have, I think, a, just a different quality of life for herself. 
and didn't want to invest, you know, all the time that's necessary in growing a business, but she enjoyed the job itself. And so I think that was one of the imperative things that helped us decide to move forward was that she was willing to help us transition. Mm. Seeing that we had zero experience in the field, she had, you know, previously attempted to sell the business and just handed it off entirely on the get-go and that didn't work out. So she knew for herself mm. and we knew that this would be the best way is to have her be a very integral part in the transition. And, you know, three years in, she's actually still an employee of ours. And kind of my, my takeaway from that kind of experience is, you know, just kind of having a understanding of your own personal capacity and your own desires for what you want in your life. And for her, you know, she loved working with the customers and doing the job, but she didn't enjoy all the, you know, the long list of administrative things that are required sure. as part of owning your own business. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, for me, those, those are totally tasks I'm willing to take on and uh, tasks that I'm, you know, interested and eager to learn about because, you know, I, I want to continue to grow this business or any other business in the future. And so I know this is going to be a part of that learning process. Right, right. So, but I would assume that since you came in from a different industry, not with a background in this kind of work, the, the trucking industry, you must have some different takes on how to run this business. Maybe working with her, you've found some ways to integrate your unique skills, like you're saying, your spreadsheets and whatnot, to, yeah. to do something different with this business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think each business obviously has its, you know, set of principles that apply across the board, right? You always want to increase your sales, decrease your expenses to optimize your profits. Mm -hmm. And so how you do that, obviously, is different for each industry. Uh, for this one, you know, the first year was purely just going as is. We didn't want to make any changes in that first year, just kind of get an understanding of how they operated and, you know, what was working and what wasn't, just taking note of those things. Yeah. And then after that first initial year, that's where we start to, you know, use our, our experiences from previous jobs. We both were uh, former auditors as well. So a lot of our job was evaluating and examining processes. Hmm. So that was one of the first steps we started doing is creating more processes, creating more controls and creating more efficiencies in the business. Because when we started, it was just seeds of paper everywhere. And so obviously those things could be solved fairly easily with, you know, scanning a few documents here and there. <laughs> so we just made minor changes. And at least for me, one of the most kind of rewarding and exciting and fun things about owning your own business is seeing every single little change you make have an immediate impact. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, before working at a much larger company and, you know, working with others that were part of a larger corporation, any change or idea they had you know, it was often followed by months and months of a review and follow up before anything, if at all, whatever, you know, happened. Yeah, if at all. Right? So that was kind of the, the fun thing for me. And I'm still to this day, very excited by all these changes that we're proposing and, and considering because the, the moment you make it, you see the immediate impacts. And so that's, I think, one of the, the interesting things about having your own, your own business. Yeah, I can see how that, that would keep some sort of passion going for you for, for work, right? Yeah. Where I think, you know, many people that have, like you did before, a regular career path, I bet it can get kind of monotonous and it's kind of like, what am I doing this for? But now you see it, right? You can see what you're doing, what the effects are, and it gives you some goals some passions. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one of the most difficult kind of learning experiences just ongoing every day is people management. Yeah. And I think that you know, crosses all industries again, right? So when I worked in my corporation, you know, sure. I obviously worked with a large sure. team, but usually I would only have a, a few people that would report directly to me. And obviously I would report to a, a, another handful of people. But, you know, growing this company from 
from 10 people to now 50 people, having to manage like a larger group of staff is, is, is definitely a challenge for me and that I've had to learn as the months have gone on and we hire new people and new personalities. And, you know, these, these are our, our truck drivers and dispatchers. They're not the, you know, what I call the professionals that I was accustomed to. So kind of re reevaluating my vocabulary and kind of my expectations for how people communicate was essential for me to kind of, you know, process people's reactions to change. And, you know, sometimes I would assume people would be angry, but a lot of times it's just, you know, how people in this industry talk. So I had to get a, I had to get accustomed to that. So, right. but it is, it is always an ongoing uh, learning experience with uh, managing people for sure for me. Yeah. Well, I, it, I mean, that's largely what management is, right? It's, it's not just sitting behind a desk and giving commands. It's really understanding the people under you and how to utilize them to the best degree. Yeah, absolutely. And part of, part of me wanting to be a better manager, especially in that first year, I, I pretty much put myself in every role that was required to do the job. So I would do mm-hmm. deliveries on my own. I would do pickups on my own. I would work out in the warehouse. I've learned how to drive a forklift. You know, all these, all these random things I would never see myself doing, but I really wanted to get the actual experience that my employees would be required to do. And I, I do pride myself on, on telling everyone here that, you know, all the things that I ask of them are usually things that I have done or will do myself if necessary. Right. You know, to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some things I'm just not capable of doing or, nor qualified to do. Sure. Sure. But, you know, I always like to empathize or sympathize with their positions by putting myself in those experiences. So. That's also been very interesting as well. <laughs> well, that's good because then that means you're expanding your horizons that way. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I understand sometimes people will respect the managers or, or owners that not just empathize, but actually know what they're doing, going through, you know, what their, their employees mm-hmm. are going through. I think it's a good way to connect. But to mention, it helps you with running the business, I'm sure. When you're in there doing the different tasks, you get to see firsthand how everything works and that helps you with structuring your business, changing it, growing it, whatever you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because we were, you know, coming from a completely different industry, people obviously had their expectations of, of who we were and why we were there. Right, right. So we definitely wanted to prove to them, you know, what our intentions were and that we were willing to put the hard work in and get our hands dirty sometimes. So we didn't, we didn't want to be perceived as, you know, people who were, we, we knew everything and this is how things should be. It definitely was a collaborative effort with the old owner, the existing employees, and obviously with the, the new team members we brought on. But with every decision we make, we always we always think of you know how it can pay respect to the existing process, right? But at the same time, move forward, right, right. And so that's always a consideration, right? So, what niche would your um, air freight, multi air freight, fit in this industry? Yeah. So, in this industry for trucking, like I was mentioning to you earlier, we operate an air freight. So that's any large item that's coming to or from be an airline or other large carrier, like an ocean container or long haul truck provider. And we essentially do whatever FedEx freight won't. So FedEx freight has a very regimented schedule that they've optimized over, I'm sure, many, many hours of research. Right, right. But because of that, there's a lot of needs that larger companies will require for larger deliveries that are outside of those scheduled hours. Uh, and so that's where multi-air freight comes in. So we will do whatever shipment, whatever delivery at any time, any day that our customers require. So sometimes that's 3 a.m. on a Sunday. Wow. And sometimes it'll just be in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, but it'll be right smack in the middle of downtown. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, we try to make those services available. Of course, having a variety of customers with a variety of locations is the whole reason why we have logistics companies is because mm. it's very challenging right. to make all those arrangements at the right time. Yeah. But that is what we specialize in. Interesting. So that definitely is a nice niche. I can see that there would be, there'd be a need for that. Does it include maybe I- different items as well? Like, for instance, one of my hobbies is cars. I love cars. One point in time, I was uh, changing an engine in a car and I had difficulty getting a freight service that would deliver that engine to me. Is that something you, that kind of thing? Can you help people with that kind of thing? With, with transporting vehicles? Well, and it wasn't a vehicle. It was, in this, in this case, I'm just using this example. It was actually an engine. So I was getting it transported across country from one place to, yeah. to myself. And, you know, of course I'm not a business. This is just something I do. Mm. So I was having trouble. FedEx didn't want to do it. You know, most of the major carriers didn't want to do it. It was hard for me to actually find a, uh, any, any delivery truck that would bring it to me. Gotcha. Yeah. So we primarily are a, a business of business company. So, you know, there will probably be another carrier that specializes in automotive transport, maybe for a need that you're trying to fulfill. And they will coordinate with a variety of carriers similar to us to get, you know, a, you know, say a motor from Chicago, you know, over to LA, right. for example. Right. So they'll coordinate it with a local carrier in Chicago who will pick it up drop it to United Airlines, mm-hmm. then United Airlines will bring it to a destination in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then another carrier will pick it up at the airport in Los Angeles and bring it to its final destination. Uh-huh. And so that's also kind of uh, interesting learning experience working in this industry is you don't realize as a consumer how many different companies and hands are are in contact with with every shipment that's moving throughout the world. It's, it's insane. Like how many, how many companies are involved? Ah, see, you know, that's, that's unique. Yeah. I didn't know that actually. <laughs> now that's something new. So, you know, you were saying that you started with 10 people, you now at 50. So you're still kind of a, a, a newer company in the industry. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So during the first year, we didn't really add too many employees other than, you know, myself and my business partner were only the kind of new fresh additions. Yeah. But after that first year, getting a full understanding of the business, feeling comfortable enough to start growing it, that's when we started adding additional staff, taking on new customers. And the interesting thing about the the business that we took over is that the customers were always wanting to push more business towards us. Hmm. But the old owner just wasn't, you know, didn't have the capacity to handle all these additional shipments or didn't have the drivers, you know, or the willingness to, you know, build a larger team to accommodate those orders. So once we made the decision that we were ready to, you know, onboard new employees, new drivers, new warehouse people, right. the business just started pouring in on its own. And so that's been kind of the interesting thing for me and me talking with, you know, my, my boyfriend about this because he works on marketing, works with a lot of, of tech companies and strategizes for them. He's fascinated by the fact that we have done literally zero sales and have managed to grow fifty to sixty percent each year wow. just by just by continuing to provide good service. Uh, yeah, and so it's been a great business to be a part of because as as long as we're building a strong team and making you know good strategic hires, mm. you know the business will just find its way here. Right. So that's that's been very exciting, but at the same time very challenging to keep up with because sometimes we find that we're just busting at the seams. In every way, you know, we'll have a lack of office space to work out. We don't have enough drivers to, you know, fill the orders. We don't have enough trucks to handle the capacity. Mm. You know, all these, all these new constraints, it, uh, incredible challenge to deal with each day. 
you know, each day as we grow, right, right, it's a new thing to learn. So. Right, right. But it sounds like these are good problems to have, right? I mean, a lot of businesses when they're new, it's it's like you said, they're struggling just to find the business, and now you're struggling to keep up with it. Yeah. So it's it's a great position to be in, but it really shows when when you know the the business is flowing and the company is growing. If your processes aren't in order, mm. you you feel the pressure if there are any faults in it. Right, right. Uh, and so we definitely had those experiences where, you know, you say, hey, this, this, this little process we had, you know, when we first started, I would put my little Excel spreadsheets to work. But then after a while, those, those you know, saw their capacity as well. Right. So then we had to evaluate with real solutions that weren't Excel. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, we, we tried our best to utilize our network to see what solutions would be available. And, you know, as, as time goes on, we're, we're finding out and fine tuning those processes. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's the fun thing with growth is you really, it, it really shows how effective your processes are for sure. Right. Of course, we're wealth tactic rebels. So we really believe in the fact that your tactics of how you manage your wealth, or in this case, your business makes all the difference in the world. It's, it's the biggest, most important thing. And it sounds like you're, you're finding as you're growing, it's becoming more and more important as well. So. Since, you know, we are talking to the Wealth Tactic Rebels and we are talking about how important tactics were in the business, let's talk a little bit about the wealth side. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about how this journey of yours from corporation to thriving business has affected you uh, financially. Yeah, definitely for my personal finances, this definitely was a, probably on the scale of things, a little more of a risky decision for me because sure. I wouldn't be having a you know, guaranteed salary from an employer. Right. And obviously I had had to have a substantial investment that I would need to get to even step foot into this business. Yeah. So there was lots of personal evaluation on my end on how much risk I was willing to accept and how much kind of maybe a lifestyle change I would have to endure over the next couple of years while, you know, obviously spending time growing the business, but also financially while prioritizing the company first yeah. over maybe some personal you know, pleasures that I would have, you know, if I had worked for a company traditionally. Sure. So that was definitely one of the biggest kind of uh, factors that I had to consider for my own personal finances. Yep. yep. And then, you know, for the finances of the company uh, on its own, there are definitely lots of strategic decisions that my business partner and I have to make about, you know, how we allocate funding for future projects or future growth. Obviously, running a trucking company, the number one expense we have is the the vehicle assets themselves and also payroll. So, you know, we found that the, you know, obviously with most things that you get what you pay for. So how much you're willing to spend up front, maybe for savings down the line or better performance, you know, throughout its lifetime, were definitely things that we had to kind of learn and experiment with. Right. You know, so even with, you know, acquiring new vehicles, you know, how would we acquire them? Would we buy them outright? Do we want to, you know, tie up cash and purchasing them? Do we want to finance them or do we want to lease them? These are all conversations that we had to have amongst one another to decide what was best for the company. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I think uh, what a lot of companies are, are always working to do is optimize their cash flow. And so for us, you know, we kind of found through a variety of all those transactions, what worked for us and, you know, move forward with those decisions, you know, to best suit our needs and the future needs of the company as well. Right. But, you know, going three years in, I'm, I still feel the pressure a little bit for my personal finances as well, because I, I, I really believe in this company and what we're building, 
you know, so a lot of times that means I have to, you know, put an additional injection of investment into the company. Right, right. But, you know, I think, I think, you know, it's growth is, it's proving itself. So now, you know, three years in, those kinds of decisions are so much easier than when we first stepped foot in the door. And I think a lot of my decision making, and it may not be, you know, the most recommended, but a lot of times it is following your gut and following mm. your ability to follow through on a decision that you make. Yeah. Especially with a decision like running a business, you know, you can't just throw money at it and expect it to grow. True. There is lots of nurturing and, and, and you know, tending to it that will be required. But, you know, I, I know for some people who maybe want to just be uh, an investor in a company, I, I had similar opportunities that came up where, you know, you have to kind of trust in the person. A lot of times they say that, you know, you don't invest in the company, you invest, invest in the person that's behind it. And, you know, for me working with my business partner, that was one of the things that sealed the deal for me is because, you know, we had worked together so well in the past. And obviously this is a trusted, you know, childhood friend of mine, Yeah. but you know, I, I trusted him and he trusted me. So the partnership made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the case for any investment that you make personally or for your business is really believing in, and, and what you're investing in. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, but I'm sure, like you said, as it, as you've spent more time with this business, it gets easier to do. You feel more confident in it as your business is growing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had you know moments in the past couple of years where you know maybe that confidence led to me being a little too comfortable. Right. And and then in those moments, you kind of you kind of see that you know again every every change has an impact. So I've kind of had to kind of look in the mirror and see like, hey, you know. This, this ship isn't going to run itself, so you can't get too cozy yet. So it's always a, a friendly reminder for myself to, you know, still work hard, focus on the objectives of the company, right? And, you know, and and you know, continue to follow its its path. So, would you say that obviously not running a business to this degree is is something that everyone could do? But is this something you would recommend to other people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for obviously for this type of company, it's very involved. But I, I think owning a business and running your own business, if you're in a position where you have some savings and, you know, maybe a backup plan for sure, it's definitely a really rewarding thing that you can experience in your life. And running your own business, it, it's truly, you know, whatever you put into it is what you will get out. And, you know, being able to have that experience is, for me, priceless. But I, I know that it's very a very scary risk to take. Yeah, And some people maybe with like families and other, other priorities that may take precedence, obviously may not be able to make the same, you know, risk decisions that I did when I, when I entered the business. Right. So there's obviously other considerations, but if you're given the opportunity, I always recommend do it. Excellent. So one other thing you, you've had a fascinating journey along the way here. And obviously you've, you've learned quite a bit with this. Would you have any other tips maybe to give some of our listeners if they're, if any of them are considering doing you know, a similar uh, career switch to becoming uh, an entrepreneur like yourself? I think my number one takeaway from working in this industry specifically, given that it is a, a blue collar industry, I obviously have lots of connections from my professional past. And a lot of times working in those environments, I found, you know, you, you obviously surround yourself with incredibly successful companies and incredibly successful people that a lot of times even in places like San Francisco, you, you believe that this is the primary, you know, makeup of our, of our city. <laughs> True. But working in an industry like this, you get to meet a whole different set of people. And it really, at least for me, kind of realigned my views on how, on how real people live. 
And it really absolutely made me feel grateful for, you know, the experiences and the privileges that I have had. And I think that alone is a, a feeling of wealth in a certain degree. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of just understanding, you know, your, your, your privilege and the opportunities that you have. And I try to instill that in my friends and share my experiences with my employees and the customers that I work with. Because, you know, you hear some incredible stories about a very difficult times that people have. And so it's definitely made me feel more grateful for, you know, the wealth that I am able to achieve for myself and for this company. And I hope to share that with, you know, my employees and the other people that um, cross my path as well. I'm glad you've had a fantastic journey like that where you've been able to come to. It, it's almost like a, a profoundly changed your life and in, in, in yourself in, in the way that you go about your life with other people as well. Oh, it definitely has. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, not everyone gets to experience on their life. So, and I, and I really appreciate you sharing that with us and, and, and uh, our listeners here. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you too, Kevin. So again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, Lance. You know, I wish you all the best and the success going forward with, the, uh, you know, your business and hopefully, you know, bringing some more of that, uh, that wisdom to people in, the, in this world as well. It's always needed and always welcomed. Absolutely. So um, thank you again for joining us, Wealth Tactic Rebels, today for our discussion with Lance Jensen with Multi Freight, Multi Air Freight, excuse me, in San Francisco and his amazing journey that he's had. We're going to put his information, contact information, if you wish to reach out to him for shipping or, or, or whatnot, <laughs> in, in the show notes page at wealthtacticrebels.com. You can go to the Lance Jensen interview. And uh, also, while you're there, you can download our free guide to the three key areas that you could be losing unknowingly and unnecessarily. And again, that's wealthtacticrebels.com. Thank you again, Lance. And thank you, Wealthtech Rebels. And we will uh, talk to you again soon. Have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. The information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.